Well, um, yeah. So how was Paris, Luke? Yeah, it's really good, man. Really good. Um, yeah, can't complain. Really good weekend. Good turnout. Um, as with all European comps, there's a few things are like the equipment is probably not as good as um, you get in like OS3, Clash, etc. But yeah, it was, it was fun, man. Fun weekend. Good, man. It looked like there was some uh, pretty ridiculous numbers put up over the weekend. Uh, I've been trying to catch up and watch everybody's video posts as much yeah. as I can as I slowly trickle in, but um, not too far off the mark on uh, who's going to podium in the under 105Ks anyway. Um, yeah, I had, the top, I had the top five bang on, just not quite in the right order. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I wish I could have been there, but next time. Um, but anyway, uh, Luke, John is my, uh, he's kind of the mastermind behind this podcast. I mean, it was his idea. Um, I don't know if John, you want to introduce yourself to Luke and we can kind of go from there. I mean, I think, uh, everybody kind of knows who Luke Davies is owner of chaos strength in uh, it's in Wales, correct? I'm in England, the gym is, but I'm from Wales. So. Oh, you're from Wales. Okay, I thought your gym was actually in Wales as well. Yeah, so um, I'm just a big fan of Strongman. I've helped compete, or I've competed in a few just local shows and then helped volunteer at a lot of shows. I'm I'm a big fan and everything. And Darren and I actually have never met in person either. We've only met through messages and happened to, I think it was maybe last month, uh, Darren just happened to call me on accident through Instagram and I answered and we ended up having this long like 30 minute phone call about just like training work and everything and from there I was thinking I was like that actually worked out pretty well having this video talk and I was like it would be nice to turn this into something more so I figured these days I'm trying to just like jump in and do things because I think it's easy to sit back and worry about how things are going to go and sometimes you yeah. just have to go for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Absolutely. people that know me is that dickhead of Instagram, so always always causing shit on my stories. And um, well, well, today is your lucky day. We get to cause yeah. more shit. <laughs> so you and I've been talking, you know, back and forth for a while now. I don't, I don't know how long it's been. More than a year for sure, maybe two or so. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Um, I think. And bouncing, you know, one of the big topics that we keep coming back to is these world records. And, you know, you're you're kind of the primary sort of historian now um, for strongman, especially weight class, as far as the key being record world records specifically. And you just started um, or you just added it to your website at Chaos Strength Um and, you know, including, you know, all the women's weight classes, the men's weight classes, along with videos. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much the only place I think that that anybody can find the most up to date um, world records. And I mean, the uh, seems like you're really on top of it, too. I mean, there's there's guys on there that I, I would never have known if uh, if you weren't keeping those records. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're yeah. going to go ahead. I started doing it because um well, for about three-year period, as you know, I was chasing the um, under-105 deadlift record. And when I first like set there was a goal for myself, I was like, trying to find out information was nigh on impossible. 
like uh, finding out what the official record was, who had it, blah blah blah. So I, I obviously kept track of the deadlift record. But then about eighteen months ago, I started like compiling a list of all the other ones. I just had it on my phone. I wasn't going to publish it. I just kept it for myself, really. And um, and Rhiannon because she likes to hold all the records, so she wanted to know, you know, what was what. And then I thought, well, I was missing three or four, which I finally found. So then I just published it. Um, yeah. So that's why I started doing it, basically for myself, because yeah. I want the. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's become a great, uh, great asset, I think, for everybody else. Because I mean, uh, when we did the Atlas Stone World Record here, I mean, it. Uh, you know, we had to do quite a lot of searching um, and networking to find out what the actual world record was, because there was a few numbers that were getting bounced around, and um, you know, some of them were not to to 122 centimeter height, right? They were lower but heavier. Um, so really kind of trying to dial that in and, and understand what the actual wood records were was not easy. So, yeah, I mean, this is a, an amazing resource that you've put together. And, um, yeah. Um, but as far as world records go, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's like kind of an agenda that I, I like to push or I'd like to see strongman advance on. Um, you know, things that you and I have talked about a lot are the, uh, you know, weighing um the actual implements because they're not standardized uh, you know adding some standards you know maybe in in uh um, the 24-hour weigh-ins or uh dimensions of of implements you know so and so forth and i know you've got a lot of opinions on that so that's what we're here on world strongest opinions <laughs> to kind of share i mean why don't you give us some of your your thoughts um yeah uh so as we know, the reason we all love strongman is like the you know the randomness of it, the fact that every competition has different events, like we're never doing the same thing more than once. But I do think with records, there needs to be some sort of I think standardization is a, is the wrong word because I don't want to see the fact that we have to have exactly the same log or exactly the same dumbbell or exactly the same axle. But I do think we need to bring in like minimum standards that have to be met, if that makes sense. So, you know, the log has to be within these certain dimensions or has to be, same with the dumbbell, has to be within these certain dimensions. Um, so that's the way I would like to see it going moving forward. I feel like at the moment, it's just a free-for-all of anybody can do whatever the fuck they want. Um, which, in the general sport, I'm all for, but not when it comes to records. And I feel like if you're not willing to put the effort in to meet these standards, then you shouldn't be having record breakers at your shows. Is the way I see it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I and I can agree with that. Um especially on the dimensions, this is not um I mean it's kind of a poor man's sport at this point, right? Yeah. And for you know to us for us to expect exact dimensions and people having to go out and purchase additional equipment. Yeah, I mean I think that's that's a fair point. Um as long as it fits within some parameters, um, because because I mean that we, we already have a large variety of equipment and yeah. and it certainly would make things uh, significantly more challenging. I think we got into that, you know, like you said, standardization where everything was had to be precise. But yeah, I think I can definitely agree from that perspective. And the one thing that annoys me the most with it probably is as we you've talked about before where there's a lot of it's just 
as taking people's word for things. Like, if the promoter says it weighs that, we're taking their word for it. And you and I both know that you've been to a show before and they tell you something weighs something. And you know when you lift it, it doesn't. Like, we know what a 300-pound log feels like, for example. And I've been to yeah. shows where it's supposed to be 300 pounds and then I've pressed it for, like, four reps. And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So right. it's like, it's a common thing in the sport where weights are mislabeled. Um, not always, I, not for necessarily nefarious purposes. Sometimes promoters just like, you know, they round up when it, it's easier to put the plates on um, and stuff like that. So that's my biggest issue with a lot of um, these record breakers is that there's no evidence of the implement being weighed. Um, there's no evidence that the plates are correct because, as you know, I've trained in commercial gyms. You can have 20-pound plates that might weigh 18 pounds or 22 pounds. Um, mm-hmm. Same with 45, they could be 49, 51, 42. They can be like that. Um, I've had – you can't even trust the manufacturers because, as you know, I promote shows over here now. So I bought three identical logs from – well, supposed to be identical logs from a manufacturer – and uh, they were supposed to be 100 pounds each. Uh, one weighs 97 pounds, one weighs 100 pounds, and one weighs 103. So if I had just gone off the manufacturing guidelines and just called it 100 pounds, right? which you think is a reasonable thing to do, but it's not. So, yeah, I'd like to see everything weighed on camera. Um, I'd like to see weigh-ins of the athletes weighed on, on camera as well. Um. I'd like to see the 24-hour weigh-in is probably the biggest one for me in the moment, though, um, being a lot more stricter from promoter's point of view. Um, and just having the balls, basically, as a promoter to tell athletes no when they turn up early. Because that, that, that's that's where I see. I, I've, um, I promoted um, England's and Britain's Strongest Man under 80s last year, and the weigh-in was supposed to start at 10 a.m. Um, I had guys waiting outside the gym at half past eight. Oh wow! And They're I was ready like, to go. Yeah, and I was like, "Tough shit, you waited ninety minutes. We're waiting in town." But, but, but I've I've been to show with myself where the promoter's just like, "Yeah, whatever, just let's wait now." Um, yeah, yeah, no, and I and I've experienced a bit of that too here in in the U.S. Um, but talking about you know weighing the implements on on camera, you know, the thing that kind of occurred to me recently that's kind of crazy. Anytime we do an online qualifier, we have to weigh, we have to weigh our plates. We have to yep. prove what we're submitting weighs what it weighs. Now, I mean, I, I kind of understand we're individual athletes, you know, and, and self-interested and promoters are supposed to be sort of the authority uh, over the competition. But, but it's kind of crazy to me that, that we have to weigh an online qualifier, which really doesn't mean a whole lot at the end of the day, but we can't. We're having, you know, it, it seems like it's a it's a difficulty to get world records. <laughs> uh, it's sort of a double standard, right? I mean, if we we got to do that for something that simplistic, certainly, you know, it makes sense that we're doing that for world records. Oh, 100%. Like, it makes no sense not to do it on video. Like, there's, they get broken so rarely. It's not, it's, and it takes 30 seconds to check something on a scale. But you can get them scales now that go up to like 300 kilos. You don't even have to take plates off. You can chuck the log, who yep. log the plates on straight onto the um, 
the scales. We did it for um, Tom Hibbert attempted the under 105 vlog record at my gym uh, about six weeks ago, and it took us five seconds to wait. Yeah. Um, exactly. After he attempted it. Um, I do think that the athletes themselves need to take some responsibility. Tom, for example, was great with this. He brought his own camera crew. So even though I was um, filming everything, he filmed his way in himself with it with the camera crew. He had a camera guy um, filming all his attempts, filming us way in the log before and after. So he didn't just rely on me to do it. He right. took, took some responsibility himself to do it. Um, obviously, that's not always possible. If you're at big shows, you can't take a, you know, a posse with you. Um, but for the most part, I think it needs to be athletes stepping up as well. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, um, you know, I'm kind of a, a firm believer that that the ball's sort of in the athlete's court now, especially with so many federations and organizations popping up. Um, we're kind of the only ones that are going to hold them all accountable to to ensure that, you know, there is any kind of minimum standard. Um, but but also, I mean, I'm kind of a believer, too, if you're going to start, I mean, as much live streaming that's starting to happen in in the sport, there's no reason that, you know, somebody with a, a mobile camera can't be putting that on on the implement being way, too, so that it's being live streamed for everybody to see as well. You know, I think at, in the very least, you know, somebody should be, be be weighing it and and posting that video. But with the live streaming uh, going on nowadays, there's no reason, in my opinion, that that can't be live streamed for for all to see. Yeah, I agree. Um, if there's a live stream, there's no reason not to do it live. Except if it isn't a live stream, then you should be at the minimum weighing the implement. I would like to see it either immediately before or immediately after the lift. So we know sure. it's happened there and then as opposed to, you know, it's a video that was taken 10 minutes ago and then they changed the weights or whatever. Um, what we did with Tom is as soon as he put the log down, we put on skills. So there was no gap um, right. in between. And it takes, like I said, it takes five to 10 seconds. It's not something that's going to take up 10 minutes of the competition and slow everything down. There's no real excuse not to do it for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I know you've mentioned before too, maybe you can just kind of give us some more thoughts on, um, you believe that world records should really be set in competition rather than kind of the one-off record breakers. Um, you want to kind of give us some thoughts on, yeah. on your perspective there? So I probably sound like a bit of a hypocrite because I have broken the world record in a one-off deadlift competition. But... Yeah, records when they first became a thing always just happened in a show. So you'd have a show and it had a max log and you'd have a show and it had a max deadlift. And um, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but in the UK now, we've had a couple of like um, guys come and break records and not actually, they're not actually strong men. So I know like there's guys who've broken deadlift records and they've never done a full strongman show. They've just, oh, I like deadlifting in straps and a suit. And they've come over and broken a strongman record when they're not really a strongman. I mean, technically, we could do that in powerlifting, though, too, right? We can, powerlifting allows, uh, I mean, they've got like the push pull or bench only, deadlift only 
uh, segments to come. At least here in the U.S., they do. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and no, I get that. Argument. Argument. It, it's it not something I'm going to do that too. It's not something I'm massively bothered about because I, I do enjoy the push pull shows as well. I just, I just, I prefer it when it's in like an important competition. Do you know what I mean? Like the, um, like it's the, good, it's the, definitely more impressive. <laughs> like the under eighty kilo, under eighty kilo Atlas Door World Record. Um, we just did. It was the sixth event in Britain's Strongest Man under eighties, and the guy who broke it had to get it to get on the podium. And when nice. you have to break the world record, to yeah. you know, get on that podium, I think you got him a qualifying spot for OSG, got him some prize money. I don't know. It just means a bit more, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree 100%. Um, but, but on, you know, for my opinion too, like on the other side is, is, um, you know, after days possibly of competition, um, you know, uh, class 2021 is a good example. Um, at the very end of day three, there was a, an attempt for a world record Atlas stone, but the guys were so fatigued that, yeah. Um, you know, I think there was a 500 Atlas stone there. I'm not sure if anybody even broke it off the ground. I think the heaviest yeah. stone that day was lifted was 425, something like that. Yeah. So, right. so, I mean, I, you know, totally agree. Way more impressive when you set a, a world record in competition, but uh, at the same time, sometimes it, you know, may, maybe does make more sense to have those standalone record breakers because it's not, you know, not always possible to have the, um, still have the energy and, and, freshness to be able to hit those big world records especially towards the end of shows and i know yeah. you know you know weightlifting you know is only kind of two lifts powerlifting's only three lifts you know i think it definitely makes sense in in those um but still i mean powerlifting has the the record breakers too or the ability to do deadlift only or bench only i um, think yeah it, so. oh yeah i the only thing i was going to input is i think Sometimes it helps having athletes come from other sports just for the deadlifts. It's interesting to see people, athletes come from other sports who don't do the crazy hitching and stuff and pull up and press. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting. I think it's always good sometimes seeing like strongmen try out the powerlifting to like practice that deadlift without doing like wild hitches and stuff. I think that can be always interesting to see because I think it is like we do want the strongest people in the sport. So it's kind of a mixed bag of like you want to see the biggest lifts up there. But I think definitely in competition makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just being a gatekeeper and uh, <laughs> or like get out of my sport. You don't belong. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of good to see some of that crossover. I mean, John and I have been talking. Um, actually, our last episode hasn't been posted yet. Um, we talked kind of at length of, you know, how CrossFit is getting uh, the the weight class athletes are almost as strong as the weight class athletes and strongman plus doing yeah. um doing events for longer time um more events uh more implements in their medleys i mean it's getting crazy so um it's very interesting to me to see that kind of a cross crossover and see you know so, some comparison between athletes in different sports the strongman right we've we've always kind of been on this thing of we're the strongest <laughs> But are we really right? How do we know that if we don't start seeing some competition between others, you know, other athletes from other sports? I think what I'd like to see going forward is with the record breakers is um, I'm, I'm not a fan of when it's just one person going for a record. I, I like it. I would like to see some more head to heads or three people um, 
going for them because um, it's what they did at the Arnold um, UK. They had a record breakers on the Sunday, and the guy said, "I'm not doing." The organizer was like, "I'm not just doing one person going for records." So that's why um, Kira came over for the under sixty fours. Kira Rickson, so she could go yeah. head three, and she eventually went head to head with Kate on the log. Um, so that yeah, that's so you did it with. I think it was four of you going for the Atlas Stone. Yep. Yeah, I, tried, I wanted more, but yeah. but I'll I'll pick up when you finish there. So with the record breakers, because I do get why we need to have record breakers, because as a promoter, putting a max event in a full show is a pain in the ass. It takes yeah. it takes ages. Um, you can't really do more than one per show if you don't want your show running on for five six hours. Um, so I do get. I do actually get the need for the record breakers, even if I prefer seeing them in full competition. Um, but I would like going forward to see more than one person going for it when they happen. Yeah, and I, you know, I tend to agree. Um, you know, when we did the uh, feats of strength here. You know, I wanted to have, you know, ideally, ideally the strongest guys, like the top ten. I think actually yeah. I capped it at eight because I didn't want my the stone to be absolutely with tacky by the end but um i definitely wanted to have a good field but the, you know i think i think you kind of see this in all the record breaker events is that not a lot of people are willing to pay the money to travel for one for one event right or yeah you know things happen i mean you know we had one guy that got sick one guy had a family member that passed away um you know one got hurt i mean just various things happen and and uh, yeah, it's kind of tough to. It, it, ideally, I agree with you. We, anytime we do a record breaker, the the strongest people should be there. The previous world record holder should be there, yeah. ideally. Um, but that's a it's tough. That's a tough uh, logistical scenario sometimes. I think, uh, and you just end up with what you end up with. Yeah, especially with um, a lot of the best guys and individual lists being in different countries. So, yep. Like for the deadlift, for example, we'd have to get guys from the UK, America, um, Eastern Europe, Tyson in Australia. Like the, all the yep. four or five best deadlifters at 105 in the world are all from different continents. Right. Yeah. Well, the current record holders from South Africa. So get you know, like all those guys in our show would be hard. Um, so yeah. From that point of view. Agreed. But but that kind of go, goes back to why we we also you know, say that that the uh, implements, unless it's a deadlift and done with calibrated plates, really need everything needs to be weighed and verified, because because it is an impossible, almost an impossible scenario to have all of the best guys in one place competing, where everybody knows exactly what they're they're lifting, that their, you know, their world record's going to be beaten by the the, <laughs> the right weight. Right, this is verified. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a big argument for why why is it the sport needs to kind of move forward, advance forward in you know that regard. Yeah, exactly, exactly, man. When we're all lifting on different continents and different kit, like we just can't. We just can't. I know we've said this a few times now. Take people's word for things. It doesn't even matter like how high level the show is. It doesn't matter if it's world strongest man or because I've been to very very high level shows where I'm like confident the weight was wrong on implements. Um, I don't know whether there's 
a pressure from promoters that they want to see records broken at their shows. Um, like I'm not sure why it is that's stopping this push towards higher standards because it does seem to be, to me at least, um, a lot of people blowing pushing back on the idea that we should have higher standards and that we should be looking to make the sport more professional because I always I hear the argument quite often in the UK at least that oh it's strong man the weights are supposed to change it's supposed to be um, different this things change on the day it doesn't matter what the weight is blah 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 um, I'm not sure if it's the same over there with you more or less yeah which at a local level, I kind of get. But when we're talking guys who are basically training like professionals, putting a lot of time, effort, money into their training, killing themselves, basically, then their sacrifice needs to be rewarded properly by have having the platform for them to show their hard work off and not have any shred of doubt because that's yeah. like a, if you worked your ass off to break a world record and there's like just one thing that might be slightly off and you, know, you have people on Instagram or Facebook saying oh well how do we know that this is this this that's not fair to that lifter right I think because a lot of times even I don't think that there's necessarily even anything malicious about it, but just yeah, like you said, like using a manufacturer's thing of, I bought a log off Amazon that it was 92 pounds. I kept lifting with it. And I was like, either I've gotten weaker, this doesn't weigh 92 pounds. And finally I got a scale out and weighed it. It was 108 pounds. 16 pounds is a huge difference when I was yep. like, like everything I did, I felt terrible. And I'm going through the workout and I was like, I can't get anywhere near the numbers that I'm supposed to be doing for my training. Cause I was, this was a 12 inch log. I was like, you think it's a standardized thing. It's metal. It's nothing custom. And then that 16 pounds difference of like, even Darren and I were talking about, you have, I mean, he was saying weighing a hundred pound plates that can weigh anywhere from 108, 109, 111 pounds. Like you actually could be taking away records from people but i also think on the flip side there is an issue where it happens here in the u.s of like people really want records to be broken so not only is it about the weights but sometimes you even see almost there's an element of somewhat lax judging standards because you don't want to be the judge who took away a lift from someone you don't want to be the promoter who weighs in the implement afterwards and accidentally have it be three pounds less than what it was if like there's a margin of error so I think, yeah, there's a push there. Yeah, you don't want to be that um, guy. Nobody wants to be the dickhead who takes away someone's record. But if you're a promoter, sometimes you have to be a bad guy. And um, it's how people need to have the balls, basically, um, to say no. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but, I mean, that kind of... It's tough to not have those conversations without talking about standards and standardization, though, because there is like, I mean, yeah. strongman really, by and large, is really zero standards. There's no, there's no standard for judging. There's no, 
you know, there's no minimum experience level for a judge. Typically, I mean, world records get judged by higher level athletes, I think, which is yeah. fair. Um, but, but one, you know, I mean, I've been judged by a lot of different higher level uh, athletes and, and the, the variation in their style or what they let slide is, is pretty dramatic at times. I mean, some of them are very strict and some of them are very loose and, yeah, when it comes to, to world records, having a, a loose standard, um, I mean, it, it in the very least, it, it causes a lot of behind-the-scenes questioning. Um, I don't know if anything gets really negative, but, you know, I can imagine that, that somebody that held the record previously, I mean, it could possibly cause some animosity, too, like, so I, I, I actually have an anecdote on this because I held the Welsh Open's deadlift record, okay, at like 925 pounds, I think it was. And then Gav Bilton broke in at Giants Live Deadlift World Championships and he pulled like 935. And in, in my opinion, it was, right? And there was... I would say it was that it was that show where like six guys pulled a thousand. Do you remember that one? Right, yeah. Six or seven guys. Yeah. And in my opinion, half the half the thousand pound pulls weren't fucking locked out. Right. And yeah, I could be pissed off about that because it was my record that was broken. I'm not really because Gavin is way stronger than me. And it was only a matter of time before he beat my deadlift anyway. Right. So I, I, I wasn't that bothered, and he beat it this year like by another ten pounds, and it was a way better rep, so it didn't really matter. But yeah, I can hundred percent see, especially if it was a world record, not just a national one, people being like really, really pissed off, um, because it's all well and good. Someone could say, "Oh, you can come back and break it again," but it's not that freaking easy. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, the world records for a reason. Like, not many people break them. Um, agreed. Yeah, and and I think it's fair too. I mean, you kind of alluded to it as, you know, it's not that these people aren't strong enough to accomplish what they're accomplishing yeah. uh, or going after. Um, it's just a matter of having some some standards and in, in ensuring that a world record is as legitimate of a lift as they come. Right? It's not. Well, you know, in, in, in a competition when you're doing something for reps, doesn't matter with a deadlift yeah. or a log press or whatever, a lot of times like the down commands come faster, right? Because you're on yeah, a yeah. short period of time, which is you yeah. know, is okay, I think to some extent. Um when it's coming to a single a single rep lift, um, you know, I think there's gotta be some standards on lockout, stability, what would, control. What would your solution be? Um for that in maintaining like a certain level of standards because would you say um we had a standardized list of things that needed to happen and then mm -hmm. a show happened and a good lift got given that didn't meet those standards say it was say it was blatantly obvious on the video say that it wasn't locked out do we then say to that lifter post comp okay that's not good enough it doesn't count like man, that's a that's yeah. I mean that's a um, that's a tough <laughs> question to answer because uh, you know uh, it's always been that the 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 call is good if the judge gives you a down command it's a good call right 
who are, you know, do we have the power to go back and, and tell a, an athlete like, this is what I doesn't agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is what I've been going over in my head because I've been thinking, oh, it's all well and good creating this, you know, like list of standards and judging standards. But then what happens if someone doesn't meet that? I think you, you uh, know. Yeah. Go ahead, John. I know you got you got uh, something to say. Oh yeah, no. Um, I think we talked about it earlier. Is like the IPF has a new rule where you have to reach bench depth yeah. of your elbow has to go below like the top of your shoulder or something, and they're not going to overrule any of the past records, but they're going to just say going forward here are the standards because I think there is um there is an issue with that with there's two issues I see with a lot of world records with overhead. Sometimes people are so eager to give a down command. All you need is like half a second of seeming yeah. stability and you get the down. And then with deadlifts, I saw the giants live one where everyone's breaking a thousand pounds. So part of the issue with hitching and why it's not allowed in powerlifting is because it's hard to tell what's a good lift because you need those knees locked. Whereas in strongman, there's become this thing, especially in the suits, like, and I know how it is, especially in like the metal jack and stuff like yeah, yeah. the suit does kind of stop you at the top. Yeah, it does. The yeah. thing where, like you just keep hitching and hitching and eventually you stop. Your knees are still at a slight angle, but as long as your back's straight, like you have a neutral spine. If you, if you can hold that for three seconds, almost any comp I've seen, you get a down command, even if your knees still aren't 180 degrees or probably 178, which is still close. For the record, I have been guilty of that myself, so I'm not going to give people too, too much. <laughs> but we can say in the future, maybe let's try to avoid that. Well, well I think we're, we've all been guilty of a lot of these things. Um, but, but I mean, being guilty and in, in admitting, admitting to it and saying, you know, uh, I want better for myself and the sport is okay too, right? Um, yeah. Because it's a lot of experience talking, right? And And I think... You know, it's easy. We could we could definitely write up uh, a, a charter of standards. Um, it's getting everybody else to agree to them that would be the the challenge, right? I mean, the the solution is just really as a as a sport, as a community, um, the athletes need to need to kind of agree and start pushing for the the standard, the bar, so to speak, to raise. I think. I think it starts, like you said, with the athletes, because it's also, I have a friend who's been going for a thousand pound equipped bench and everything. And it's that idea of like, if you're only around people who aren't really pushing you, like lockout can be really hard with that kind of weight. And you have guys who like in their training, you they never quite get that full, their elbows are never quite fully locked in training. That's one thing, but then in comp, getting a red light right off the bat with bench really throws off your pattern. And you see some of these athletes, especially going towards that 501 kilo deadlift, trying to break that barrier is it's also impacting your training. If you're constantly posting these videos where you're never locking out anything above 400 kilos, which is okay. Like that's still impressive weight, but it starts there of like these little gradual steps of like, if you're kind of taking it easy, it's the same as like you see some power lifters who always train in straps and can do crazy thing in straps. But then when it comes to just regular grip, they're a hundred pounds lagging. And ideally 
you want your training to be optimal. So it starts that way of like, in your training videos, make sure you're actually locking it out. Because if you can lock out a weight in training and close there, it's going to be easier. But if in training, every single time you're dropping the log, as soon as you feel like it's somewhat stable, you're dropping the bar as soon as like your back's neutral and your legs are like 178 degrees, like it starts to become a habit that kind of goes up to the top level. Like it's interesting seeing guys go from like amateurs where that's fine on a local level to state, regional, and then national. It kind of goes from there. I definitely agree. You should train like you're going to compete, right? Yeah. And I think that's why the competitions need to set the standards so it kind of flows down. Sure. But I it's think from the athletes too. Luke's question though was, what is the solution? <laughs> Do we have a solution? Because I mean, you you said it before. We want to be solution oriented on this podcast, um, and and it's not it's not an easy solution, right? I I don't know if I have all the answers. Um, you know, it'd be nice if we had that that overarching kind of umbrella organization over strongman that 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 set the standards for the sport, but but we don't. Um, and what we find is every time someone becomes displeased or disenchanted with one organization, another one pops up. <laughs> yeah. And like, so we could say, we could say, you know, and I'm just spitballing here, you know, we, you don't, you don't put the record on the, on the historical list if it doesn't meet standards, but will someone else be like, well, screw you. I'm going to go start my own list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, um, there's been a couple of records um, recently where, People have had opinions on whether they should have st stood, and um, in the UK as well as in in the US. And I, I've been asked, "Oh, are you going to put on your website?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, I, I have to really because if the organizer of that competition is, it's not the athlete's fault. Basically, they, they the athletes followed have done what they were told to do. They followed the instructions. They've been given a good lift. I don't feel like I have the power." Right now, maybe one day I'll be like ruler of strongman. But right now, <laughs> I don't feel like I've got the right, really, to say to someone, okay, your record doesn't count. Um, even though there are things that should be non-negotiables, in my opinion, um, 24 hour away and being a, a big one, mm -hmm. I feel like, say, if we find out that someone had a 30 hour away in, then it should be null and void straight away. However... You and I both know that if I did that, there'd be a massive shitstorm. Right. And um I'm just I'm I'm not sure. I think the way forward is to have like a published list of standards and try our best to get people to follow them. Yep. Whether people actually do or not is another thing. But at the moment, there's nothing. There's not even like a hypothetical list of standards anywhere at the moment. So I feel Agreed. like actually having something in writing on a website um, somewhere needs to be the first step. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm all for that. Um, and I would definitely love to help with that. Um, but I think too, you know, in addition, you know, just it's continuing the conversation too um, and getting more people to buy in um and just and continue pushing that that agenda and uh, you know hopefully you know, like you said eventually people will just start doing it and, and agree 
because I think there's a lot of a lot of logical reasons for for these, and um, you know, we we can keep trying, and and in the end, you know, either either the strongman community as a whole is going to to start, you know, pushing for that, or they're going to stick to the, you know, there's too many standards already, and we want it to be completely unstandardized. Yeah, I see those conversations too. Those those conversations pop up once in a while too. Like, is strongman too standardized? So obviously I've been having the conversation with you on Instagram about the records and stuff. So I've been like reaching out to other people to have um, similar conversations, especially with guys in the UK and half of them just being like, I don't care. <laughs> and they're like, why do you care about having these standards? And I was like, blows my mind. They're like, really? they just, they're just like, Oh, I just go to the shows and lift. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, there's definitely those guys here too. There's, you know, Records don't matter. Just go compete. <laughs> and and I mean, I mean, maybe there is something about that, right? I mean, maybe maybe we care too much. <laughs> maybe maybe in the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, and strongman's just going to be a hobby sport from now until hell freezes over, right? And yeah, I definitely care too much, so I can have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of us can, but, but again, you know, um, I think, I think with the, you know, your passion, my passion, um, and I know there's others that agree, right. Cause I, I've actually had yeah. sort of the opposite experience here when I reach out to, um, other athletes in the U S especially some of the higher level athletes, there's a, there's a lot of buy-in actually. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, and maybe it's just a coincidence because I surround myself with like-minded people. <laughs> maybe I need to start reaching out to people that, that aren't like-minded and see how they feel. <laughs> but, uh, uh, for the most part, people tend to agree. Um, so I think, I think there's a, there's a desire for the sport to advance from that perspective, um, at least on the world record uh, stage. Um, and you mentioned earlier too, just going to competition and having things change and, you know, implements weighing, you know, one lane having a different weight than the other. You know, I know guys, uh, you know, there's there's a little bit of animosity sometimes after competitions when they find out that, you know, one lane was significantly harder than the other. You know, um, it's kind of problematic because those guys put in the time and the effort, you know, blood, sweat and tears to go and have their hopes dashed because, you know, their lane was <laughs> they got in the hard lane. <laughs> yeah, so. um, I've done um I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you know, um, Glenn Ross is ultimate strong man. He has these yokes. They're like um made with like railway sleepers. Okay. So they're like these big wooden frames and they weigh a thousand pounds empty, okay? And they're horrible. I've only I I've had an show once and my spine hurt for weeks afterwards. <laughs> but there's like a rumor going around the UK scene that like one is as light as nine fifty. And then another is as light as, as heavy as 1050. Oh, wow. And he, he has four of them. And it makes sense, right? Because they wouldn't. Right. They're like used outside and they get wet and stuff. So you have four of those lined up and you basically have it's potluck whether you get the light one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're never going to find out the difference. But yeah, it happens a lot, even at high level shows. Sure. Sure, you're right. Wood, wood dries and swells and moves and does everything else. 
constantly. So yeah, it would not be a surprise if those have a lot of variation to them. All I know, it was heavy as fuck. <laughs> well, I hate yoke. yoke always hurts me. Yeah, <laughs> like least favorite of it. I don't train yoke anymore because I'm like I do. I'm not going to do any better if I train it every day and then I or every week and then I can't I can't do anything else because I'm so destroyed. Yeah. I don't do any better if I train it than I don't. So I just don't train it anymore. <laughs> I'm like that with most of the events nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I'm getting older. I'm finding that I can't, I can't max out like maybe once a month now. <laughs> so one event, and then I'm done. Well, I think it's it is hard though. I mean, it's kind of like kind of the theme of this thing of like these things kind of trickle up. Of like the heavier the weights get, it's nearly impossible to weigh some of these things yeah. and stuff. So I think it is like it's a challenge, and I think. I guess like as far as the solution goes is like these small little things of like Darren and I were just talking, debating about whether or not to release episode three, because originally we had mixed feelings about it, but then thinking about it and talking to people, it's like, we're in a age where algorithms and apps reward quantity over quality. If you can put out quality that also has quantity, that's like the winning formula. And some of these things of like, and you see MMA bare knuckle boxing, all these things like, they have hype around their weigh-ins. They have hype around all these things of like getting everything ready, watching people prep. So you can do these things like as a promoter to actually help promote your event of like these things of like showing people weigh-in. That's a fun video you can put out. Like all these things to kind of like get it out there because I think for too long, there's been so many events where like you don't actually get to see anything. And we're all just looking at the same Excel spreadsheets from Reddit, trying to compare scores that are hours late. And some people have cell phone video that looks different than what they saw in comp. Like, so I think to help the sport grow overall, like more exposure means more money, but more accuracy, like more videos means more accuracy overall and stuff. Like you see all these things of like watching world strongest man allow more and more of like, the mid guys there to like film their YouTube videos there because it helps build hype around the whole event. So I think these small things that can like actually help the sport, but also help promote the athletes of like getting these things out there, but it's hard to get everyone on board because I think there is that attitude of like, I was just looking at another strongman show to register at and then big bold letters at the end of the registration form. It said, this is strong, man. If you complain, we will refund your money and we'll cancel your registration. <laughs> and I was like, no. Okay. They, they will refund your money? Yeah. That's They're very like, unstrong, man. I know. Yeah, every time you register, no there's, refunds. There's, there's always a disclaimer, you know, no refunds. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it was if you complained online beforehand. They're like, we'll just get rid of you. So. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, though, John. There's no reason why promoters couldn't spin it as a positive. Like, yeah. say, have footage of the weigh-ins. Um, having a, uh, a um, constant video of, say, the record attempt and then the weigh-in of the implement would just, I would think it would lend the video um, an air of legitimacy as well because... Um, if you just put up a video that says, oh, new world record, and it's just the lift, people who say someone doesn't know this person, say it was a random European guy who 
none of us has ever heard of, and he just broken the, the log record in the 105 class. Um, and he just put up this video and said, new world record. Most people would just glance on by. Whereas if it was like an official video with weigh-ins, everything else on it, I feel like it would, if anything, it would get more attention. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing that's time-consuming. It can be something that can enhance the actual lifts as well. And I think that standardization does help. I mean, you see one guy is just blown up completely on the internet of like Jamal Browner pulling 500 kilos with shrap. Yeah. It's sumo, but it's still raw. Like, <laughs> I mean, aside from the shrap, but like, it's interesting because you watch his videos. The success is the fact that he only ever lifts on calibrated plates and yeah. that's a deadlift bar. So it's pretty much like everyone, like no matter what sport or discipline you're looking at it from, you can always see a Jamal Browner video and you're like, for one, that's an absurd amount of red plates on the bar, but like, you know what it is. And it's interesting because it makes it super relatable of these ideas of, because it's interesting how many of my friends or people outside lifting, they don't always know what all these things weigh and everything, but some of them have been at gyms where they can at least know like, oh, a red plate is 25 kilos or 55 pounds. Yeah. Like it gives it a sense of scale. Whereas like some of these ones, you look at like Ronnie Coleman's old videos with like 400 pound plates on each side. For many people, that's kind of an abstract thing. You see the bar bending, but there is this like, how much weight is that? It's just a lot. So I think, I think it's not a bad thing. I think it is, it just takes a little bit more time. And sometimes people feel like they're kind of rushed for time. So they skip these things that could actually benefit. Yeah. But my point of view is that if you haven't got the time, don't fucking host a world record attempt. Don't fucking do it. Agree. A hundred percent. Like nobody's making you host a world record. Um, if you haven't got the inclination or the time to do it properly, don't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and we talked about it. You may have seen in our first episode, you know, I, I think it's important to, to acknowledge for a lot of, a lot of uh, promoters you know, they're doing it on their own time. They're volunteering a lot of their own time. They don't have a lot of money, but yeah. we're, we're talking about high level competition, right? World records. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. If you can't meet some minimum standards, you probably shouldn't be putting uh, a world record holder or record breaker on period. But kind of, you know, getting to some of the other comments that, that, that you were making, John and, and Lucas, you know, I think there's a lot of value to, you know, one of the one of the biggest, and we've talked about this before. I'm, I'm kind of going to start sounding like a broken record eventually, but um, one of the biggest problems in the strongman sport is the lack of money, and we have a lack of money because there's a lack of audience, and and because of a lack of audience, there's not a lot of sponsors, right? Because there's not a return on their investment when nobody's watching, uh, yeah. and I and I'm a firm believer that that adding some standards so that it's more comprehensive to the viewer is going to encourage more people to watch. I think it's a big dis detractor for audiences to watch when, like you said, I mean, this is some guy putting up a, a, a weight that says world record means absolutely nothing to really anybody. <laughs> and, and there's no way to know from one record to the next what is being accomplished if if it's not verified and and we're not communicating with the 
with the audience and showing that things are done in a, in a manner, which is, um, I mean, not just standardized and organized and professional. It is a lot to ask though. I think sometimes for, or some people feel like it's a big ask to like have these things of like having things tightly run and tightly organized, but you see of like, there is a passion for like, people want to see these events and want to see these sports and stuff, but it is like, I mean, it's hard when like everything has become so abstracted that like many events, you don't have a rep counter, you don't have a scoreboard, you don't actually, nothing's weighed. So it's like all these unknowns that get more and more where it's like, oh, well, like this event is put on for the audience of us. We all kind of generally know what's happening. We're interested, but it's like, how do you get your spouses and your families and every other people actually involved? Because oftentimes you do see that where, it ends up, especially on some of the local shows, feeling like you're doing community improv where it's just like your friends and close family like coming to watch you perform for a show that you paid $100 for. Like it's this idea of you want you want people to be able to like find it accessible and like we are in an age where you do need unlimited content out there. So I think I think people only benefit from like more transparency and just more footage and stuff out there. I think it, after a while, it is that idea of, like you said, especially at a national level, I think sometimes it's this idea of you take it to the point where you expect people to have such a sense of gratitude that the show is being put on for them that they can't say anything about it. It's like, we're doing this for you, but it's arguably you want it to be a sustainable business model and to attract more viewers. And there definitely is like that interest out there. Like we've talked about it before of like how many of the, every strongman now has a YouTube channel rogue streams, everything on YouTube. Then they cut it down the next day, which is super impressive to be able to have that condensed, like watch, watch an eight hour event get cut down to 42 minutes, which also gives you a sense of how much time's happening in between everything. But it's, I don't think you necessarily have to like shorten things that crazy much, but I think trying to expand the audience beyond just people who know about it and everything, it's, I think it would be helpful because like you said, it is such an abstract concept that after a while, like if you're only appealing to people who are already inside the group, it's hard to grow a sport from that, but there is clearly an audience out there. I mean, you see, the Stoltmans, their YouTube channels, great. Like so many of these people, people want to see what's out there and everything. And it helps make it much more accessible to like see these things go from being an abstract concept to like an actual tangible idea of like, oh, now that this is weighed out, you know exactly what this is. Instead of just like, oh, here's what we're doing. I don't know. It makes this board real for people. Yeah, I 100% agree. But Definitely. it is hard because I think in the end, it's a vicious circle. If there's not enough people watching it, so then you want to be slightly lax on your judging and your events so you get more records, so more people will watch. But it's like, it kind of goes back and forth then. Because I think, and it is hard, like you said, of like, how do you get the clout or the level where you can say, this wasn't a world record? this wasn't an attempt and I don't know when that'll happen, but I think, I think starting to have these standards in the future 
will help the athletes because I think athletes know when there's an asterisk by their record. Like unless they have no self-awareness, like most athletes kind of know when you got something of like, I've done competitions and meets before where I'm like, probably shouldn't have been given to me, but like it was, but you know, the asterisk is there. Yeah. It makes you feel much better when there's no asterisk next to like your lift. When you can say this was a good lift by all standards. I agree with that. We can't ask them to give it back, though. I mean, I've been in a, a situation like that where I, I didn't feel good about a win. Um, wasn't that I it had nothing to do with my performance, really had more to do with someone, you know, my competitor's performance. Um, but like there's been times where I'm like, I, I don't really want that win, but I was given it and like, I, yeah, you're right. Like I said, it, it bothers me personally, but. I don't think that I would ever go to the organization or the promoter and be like, take this away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> Cause I mean, it's still, it is cloud. And like, like you said, uh, you know, the spirit of strongman is, is like, you know, we glorify the strongest man and, and that's like, that's where real clout comes from. You know, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just a piss on, right. I'm a peon uh my my uh accomplishments don't amount to enough to have any clout right the guys that have really accomplished things are the ones that have the most clout in the sport um and that that kind of just goes hand in hand with the, that glorification of of strength i think which is you know is good from from that perspective that that's what the sport's about but but um you know, what we really need to do is get buy-in from those guys that are at the top, the, the, the guys that are holding the world records to really push that message. Um, Cause that clout will definitely be um, very beneficial in getting the rest of the community and the sport on board. Yeah. And I think there is a desire for it. I mean, you see like equipped powerlifting was huge back in like the nineties, but it steadily tapered off. And it's interesting that like, more and more eyes are on these super well-regulated federations. I think because it is like, it makes a bit more sense. Whereas especially like as someone who's completed, competed in unlimited ply powerlifting, people have no idea what you're doing because they don't understand what your suit is. So it is like this idea of people, people want to know what's going on. And I think if, even if you just have a handful of federations saying like, these are the clear things, like you need a 24 hour weigh in, people can show up at six in the morning if they want to, because they drove from somewhere, but that doesn't mean you get to weigh in at 6am when everyone's weighing in at 10am. And I think these little small things of like making rules will work because there are like, in, I mean, I looked up a list of powerlifting federations in the U S and it's like hundreds of them, but people only know the top five and everything. Yeah. They get kind of less and less rules the farther you go. So I think, I think there is some desire for that and everything it's just trying to tap into that and getting people to buy in is the hardest part that's that's why i feel like we can't really say anything yet about stuff we deem not meeting standards because there isn't anything written down like there's no as far as i'm aware there might be on the um, strawman corp website but i don't think there's nothing written anywhere that says it has to be a 24 Weighing and, and not a minute more. Like we all know that. Mm. Like it's an unwritten rule. Everybody knows it shouldn't be more than 24 hours, but it's not actually written down anywhere. Right. So yeah, none of these things are written down anywhere. Um no, that's, I don't think, that's the problem. 
I, I don't think 24 hour weigh-in is written down anywhere. I don't think, you know, even, even, you know, I call it reverse scoring, you know, when you reverse the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the placements, right. That's not written anywhere, no. but that's kind of like something that's always existed in the sport or should, in my opinion, um, you know, all uh -huh. those other things, none of that stuff's written anywhere. <laughs> There's no yeah. standard for a promoter to put on a show. I mean, it, specifically in the U.S., even sanctioned competitions, there's there's really no minimum standard they have to meet. There's no minimum real rules other than, you know, the scoring is dependent on the number of competitors. I don't even know if they have to follow that rule, to be honest with you. No, I, I've seen shows at a local level that seem to have made up their own scoring system. Yeah. So... Um... <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I think that's a that's a fair place for for to start, Luke. I mean, I'm I, I think that that's a a good a good idea, a good point. Let's start with writing some minimum standards down. I mean, you can publish it on your website if that's uh, something you want to do. I mean, I support that 100. percent And you know, we just continue having these conversations, and hopefully get some buy-in from the top guys because I think you know that those guys are going to be the ones that are going to really be able to push the message. Um, and get buy-in by the by the greater community. I have actually started writing um like standards um just for the big lifts at the moment, the ones I track on the website because um I I have been tracking stuff like I know they technically exist, but I don't really understand moving event records. They don't make any sense to me. Yeah, me either. Um because like they seem to be based on max weight, but when have you ever seen a max weight moving event? It's always about time, so it's like can't. Uh, so I've just tracked the big lifts, so axle overhead dumbbell log, so the big overheads um, and deadlifts and stone. Um, they are like the big big five for me. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, we did the max farmers here, which on you know. Um, we we didn't consider time, but you know when you really think about those moving events, that there is a ton a ton of variation there now. Yeah, so um, I mean handles on farmers could be anywhere from a 10, 10 inches off the ground to eighteen right? <laughs> makes a big difference. Did you um see the pick that they had at the um, Ultima Strongman in Paris? It looked low. It was so low. It was like a deficit. Yeah, that looked ridiculous. <laughs> But yeah, that's why I haven't done it with stuff like that because there's so many variations that like do you go off time, do you go off weight, what distance do you do? Do you have separate records for five meters, ten meters, fifty meters, twenty meters? Like yeah, and um mostly because trying to find all those and track all those is near impossible. And and that's where you know it, it can kind of get that way in a lot in a lot of different events. I mean, we talked about it previously, John and I, about you know a fixed axle versus a non-fixed axle, yeah. um, a twenty-inch stone versus a twenty-two-inch stone. <laughs> you know, where do you where do you draw the line and say this is what you have, what the uh, parameters are? Because I mean, there's a big difference between loading a four hundred pound stone at twenty inches versus twenty-two, right? Yeah, big massive. big difference. Um, but at the same time, you know, if we we can say that every one of them should be done on a 21 inch stone, but at some point the weight has got to dictate a larger stone. <laughs> yeah. So I mean so, that's I mean that's that's the difficulty with strongman. Um so I actually was I came across that actually when I so I started off with the stones and I said I'm just gonna read it out, you know. 
so I said, so I based the minimum diameter off the standard size for the lightest record. So currently, the under 64 Atlas Stonewall record, which really has, is like a hundred, 310 pounds. Okay. And 310 pounds is typically a 19 inch. So what I've said is that it's got to be a minimum 19 inch stone until the weight reaches a point where the stone will be a bigger size. So when the record, the lightest record goes up to say, what's a 20 inch stone normally? 350? 350, 330. Yeah, yeah 150 330. Kilos, so roughly, I think. Once the record goes above 330, I feel like the minimum size should have to change to 20 inch. That's fair. Like, and the same with the Atlas stone. Realistically, most 500 pound stones will be 22 inch stone. <clears throat> so really, you should have to do a 22 inch stone to go heavier than that. So, but again, the lightest weight class stone record is currently the 80s, which is like 385 pounds. And that's a 21 inch. So I feel like until the under 80s goes above, say, 440, then the minimum size should be 21 inch and so on and so forth, if that makes sense. That's fair. I think these things are good. Also, I looked it up and strongmanstandards.com is available for $12 a year. So there knows I can throw up a website that can last for a year for like less nobody than has purchased that up to date. <laughs> says, says a lot about our sport. Yeah. yeah. So I think I yeah, I was surprised that the dot com was available for something like that. Cause they're like, these are two common words. Like it should be pretty popular. It's still twelve dollars. Yeah. So I might have hey, to make hey that. guys, um I don't want to kill us here, but we're we're about uh 10 minutes past an hour. Um I don't know if yeah. we want to push too much longer i don't know that anybody's listening for an hour and a half i, know no, some I, think, I feel like i feel like this is a good point to end anyway the fact that we should have something written down create some standards try and push that forward and um, get as many people on board as possible i agree 100 percent. yeah any final words john uh no um luke uh where can people find you or find this list of Everything that would be great to just have that. Um, if you go to my website, is I'm just going to tell you the exact link now. So if you go to chaosstrength.co.uk, um, that's got like all my gym, um, everything on. But the one of the menus across the top is the world records section. Um, it's a drop down menu, it's got all the records for the five lifts I mentioned just now for every class. So under 64 women, under 73 women, under 82 women, open women, under 80s men, under 90s men, under 105 men, and open men. I've also got um, British records on there, and I'm actually working on American records as well. Um, I'm just missing two or three of the American ones. As soon as I, I have those, I'll be putting the American ones on there as well. Um, yeah, I'm up to fair. I still have these from last week just because I've been in France stuff, so I haven't had time. Um, there's also at the bottom, there's a video link record, which I felt was important. So there's actual video evidence of everyone. 
yeah, this is wonderful to look at. Beautiful. Good. Yeah, we'll definitely share that because I think this is great being able to look at that. Because like you said, I think more eyes on the sport is better. Like that's our main goal is trying to offer solutions. We do have strong opinions about things, but I mean, it's because we care. And like you said, I think not, some of us might care a bit too much, but I think it's better to care too much than to not care enough. Agreed. Indeed. Well, hey, Luke, it's been uh, a pleasure talking to you. I'm sure we'll be talking more. I look forward to uh, seeing the standards and, and you know, reach out to me if there's anything I can do to help. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm always um, willing to talk for an hour about this stupid sport. So, yeah, pleasure.